Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Uh, happy 2024, happy first service of the new year. I, um, I was telling, I mean, I've been telling Keith and Taylor and Daniel and Christine, folks I'm close with here, I think this is going to be a big year for us. Um, and I really mean that. I do not want to play, I don't want to just be up here, be a cute pep talker or whatever it is. I really mean that. And so I do wonder, I really do wonder, y'all, church, I wonder if this is going to be a big year for us. I wonder if it's going to be a big year for you. I really do wonder. I wonder if this is going to be the year 2024 uh, where we start to integrate some things, where stuff starts to become actualized and starts to materialize. I wonder if this is going to be the year where we start to grow. And I've been thinking, Daniel, I hope you're not watching this, but if you are, shout out to you. I hope you're on a beach with a pina colada or something. But you said something last week that I think has been sticking with me. And he said something about I, every single year I want to look back and realize that I've actually come quite a bit. I've come a long way. I don't want to go through another year and be like, I haven't grown in self-awareness. I haven't grown in my humility, maybe. I haven't grown in starting to interrogate some of those patterns that I have in my life that are not healthy. I don't want to go through another year where I'm realizing I'm not actually more gentle. I don't want to go through another year in life where I realize I'm still mean to myself. I'm still unkind to other people. I still don't see with eyes of compassion. Another year, here we are, y'all, 2024. I just wonder, I mean this. I wonder if this is going to be a year for us for you guys as individuals, for me, and for us as a community, River City, where God does something big because we were open to it. Amen. Amen. I really, really want to set the tone. That's what I'm feeling for us. That's what Daniel's feeling for us. That's what our leaders are feeling for us. Okay, but also at the same time, I wonder if the route by which we get to that change is going to be a little bit different than we think. So some of you who are familiar with the church calendar, you'll know that today, but really yesterday, is the Feast of Epiphany. Epiphany just means epiphany, like a light went off. Aha! A revelation, a manifestation. And so it's today, that's why on the slides we have the Magi on the screen. And that just really means we're celebrating and we're remembering specifically the way that Jesus becomes manifest to us and specifically to Gentiles, people who are not internal to the covenant at first. And the Magi represent that. And so I was just reading the lectionary yesterday, and uh, it, something just leapt out to me. I almost yelled. It says that when the Magi, it was time for them to go home. In a dream, they realized it was time that they had to depart by a different route. They had to depart by a different route home. And that thing preached to me. And so I just wanted to suggest to you all that maybe, 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 just maybe, the route by which we depart on the way home this year, 2024, will not be by a clarified set of values or a clarified, really clear set of new language, maybe, as, as important as that is. But I wonder, I wonder if it's going to be something else. And so that's why today I want to introduce a new series. Are you ready for it? Yes. It's going to be really cool. It's really, it's the sexy title. It's, it's really out there. It's called The Practices. The Practices. So for the next six, seven, eight, I don't really know how long we're going to go. For the next couple weeks, for the next foreseeable future, we're going to be talking about practices, practices as a side door entrance into what we are about, not because we say it, not because we just believe it, but because we actually want to practice it. Does that make sense? Yes. Departing by a different route. Starting the new year off in a new series, The Practices. Uh, growing up, there was my favorite player. Do you all know Allen Iverson? Anybody know? He said, heck yeah. <laughs> Allen Iverson. He, uh, I mean, he was amazing. He was just, he was like that little guy who just went hard on the court. Practice. 
Thank you, you're going to my illustration. Man, you jumped the gun, man. But there's this fa he goes famous for this interview, and all the press are like, yo, you kind of mispractice. And like literally 25 times in a row, he goes, I'm the franchise player. I go out there, I give my blood, sweat, and tears every single game, drop 40. And you're talking about practice? I mean, really, we're talking about practice? And he says it again and again and again. Everyone just starts laughing. He goes, yeah, it's funny to me, too. We're talking about practice. Because I am not the Japanese Allen Iverson. And because you all are not Allen Iverson, we need to talk about practice. We need to talk about practices that can sustain us, that can nurture us for the long haul. Now, we don't want to just talk about it anymore. Aren't y'all tired of that? I'm tired of that. I'm tired of making these announcements about my life, about what I believe in, about what I stand for. I want that to be my very life. So, the practices. And by way of setting up the series, uh, you can put the scripture up there. We're going to start with our boy James. James. So our scripture today comes from James chapter 1, the first chapter. Remember, James in the Bible uh, comes right after who? Paul. And so the people who kind of stitched the Bible in its specific order, because it's not just chronological, they purposely put James right after Paul strategically, knowing that there might be some interpretations of Paul that lend themselves to us not actually embodying what it is we believe about Jesus and what it is we know to be true, know to be true intellectually about the good news of Jesus. So they put James right after. I'm just going to say that at the front, okay? So be thinking about that. Why is James coming right after all of what Paul says? All these beautiful things about faith, saved by faith, saved by grace through faith, right? So, actually, I'm, will you all stand for the reading? We're going to jump in. James, the Epistle of James, chapter 1, starting at verse 22, it reads this way. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like somebody who looks at his or her face in a mirror and after looking at themselves, goes away and immediately forgets what they look like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Friends, you may be seated. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. That's a micro-practice we can actually start doing when, when uh, someone prompts you, this is the word of God for us, the people of God, we say, thanks be to God. Let's try that one more time. This is the word of God, people, for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. So James, you ever had somebody in your life who listened to what you were saying but didn't do, but didn't do what you asked? I'm actually, I'm really wondering. Anyone? Oh, oh, you, you ever had anyone in your life who, who listened to what you were saying, but did not do what you asked? Are there junior highs in here? I'm not going to look at anyone. Uh, maybe I can ask it more simply. Y'all ever had a kid? And you asked them the same thing 457,000 times, to which they responded, I know. To which you responded, well, then if you know, why don't you do what you know? Whether that's brushing your teeth or cleaning up your socks or something. Anybody know anybody like that? Y'all ever had a roommate who you consistently ask, please stop leaving the dishes in the sink? And they're like, yeah, I got you. No, for real, I got you. I will not do that again. You're going to go home from church today and there's going to be dishes in the sink. Yes or no? You know anyone like that? So it's pretty clear that there are some things that James is saying here. That's, there's a fundamental difference, right? There's a fundamental difference between hearing something and doing it. Right? First graders, second graders, we, we understand that, right? 
There's a fundamental difference between hearing something and then putting that into practice, putting that into action. That becoming a thing that you actually tangibly, concretely do. Yes? Hearing something, doing, two different things, obvious. We're all on the same page. So we, all, we have people who, who, who hear stuff and who say stuff or who promise stuff, who read all the right stuff, who listen to the right podcasts, who read all the right books, who post the right language on their Instagram feed, and yet it doesn't actually seem like they, they live by these things. Are you that way ever? So it's actually not just that. Though that is what James is saying. He actually takes it further. James seems to be suggesting that there is actually something more about the difference between hearing and doing. In fact, he actually says, not only is listening different than absorbing intellectually, or putting it into action, he's saying that it's actually what? Deceptive. It's actually deceptive. It's misleading. It's almost a little, oh, another word we might say is it's almost manipulative. To hear and only hear and to acknowledge and then to not do what you've said you've just heard. Right? This is why if you've ever been in a, a trusted relationship, a romantic relationship, you have your partner, and let's say you have a small conflict or something. Uh, let's say when you argue that they laugh at you every time you try to share how you feel. So you realize, okay, I should express this. And so you go to them, you say, hey, look, it makes me feel diminished and invalidated that every time I try to share how I'm feeling, you kind of chuckle and you laugh at me. That does not make me feel good. And so they say, you're right. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I'm sorry that will not happen again. And then imagine it happens, the very same thing happens again next week. The very same thing. You have a small conflict you're communicating healthily and they laugh and you're like that feels bad that doesn't feel good oh I'm sorry I hear you I hear you I hear you I hear you that will not happen again and then maybe it happens again in a month and after a while you start to see wait a minute wait a minute I, I hear that you're acknowledging it but you just acknowledging it apart from action is not just neutral, it's not benign, it's actually manipulative and it's actually deceptive. Are y'all following me? It's actually, it's manipulative. So hearing something and not acting on it, not implementing it, it is not just neutral, but James is suggesting to us that it's deceptive. This is not just in our, in our individual relationships, we, we, we kind of swim in this water, we breathe this air. This, this disconnect in this huge rift, this chasm between what we think we know and what we acknowledge to be true as a value, as a moral, as a vision, and then how we actually live our lives. Right? This is true of our, of, our, of our culture. This is true of our country. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal liberty and justice for all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We sure didn't practice that, did we? We sure don't practice that, do we? Well, think about like the state of, of, of the Western church. Think about church in America. Everyone's made in the image of God. You're welcome here. We love you. All people I love. Jesus loves you. And they're silent. And the church is silent when, for instance, we're bombing children. We can hear one thing acknowledge it with our lips and intellectually and cognitively. And that does not always translate to how we live. I remember, this is just another small example. Remember 2020, everyone was able, not everyone, but most people were able to say Black Lives Matter. And rightly so, right? And everyone was buying books about how to be anti-racist and this and that. And yet we live in neighborhoods where black people have been pushed out. That's a practice. That's a tangible practice that happens. And we're tangled in all these institutions and all these corporations that are anti-black from the beginning. At the very same time, we're affirming these truths that black lives matter. You see the point I'm trying to make here? 
It's insidious. It's sneaky. It's subtle the way that just acknowledgement, just hearing the word, as James says, becomes deceptive. Deceptive not only to the people around you, I think probably most dangerously, it's actually deceptive to ourselves. We get off thinking that we're actually about that life, when in fact we are not. <laughs> are we sometimes? We really aren't sometimes. And so I want to just give you some alliterations that maybe it'll help you remember. But it is the difference between announcements. Y'all know people who just make a lot of announcements? I'm that, I'm that person sometimes. I make a lot of announcements, and I don't ever really back it up with actions. Announcements versus actions. Aspirations. You know a lot of people who aspire to a lot? People who have a lot of aspirational things? It's the difference between aspiration and attempt. 2024, church, what if we start attempting? It is the difference between pronouncement. You know anyone who makes a lot of pronouncements about the future, about this year, about this week, about their behavior? It's the difference between pronouncements and practices. Church, I just want to suggest, and I know I'm belaboring the point, but this year, 2024, 51 or 52 weeks, we start to translate our faith into practices, tangible things that we can do that if we did, we have no idea what God could do because we would be surrendering to what God wants to do through practice. What if in 2024 we start kind of fumbling around? It's not going to be perfect. What if we start kind of tinkering tinkering with little things that we can do. How can we be hospitable? I'm going to try this. Oh, that, that was okay. It was a little clunky. It was a little awkward. But it's a practice. How might this look in the everyday messiness of community? What if the place that God is wanting to take you personally and us as a community is going to require that we start to work out with fear and trembling, as Paul might say, our faith? to work it out. And I just want to suggest that this is always where the Holy Spirit is trying to take us. Always, 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 again and again, the Holy Spirit is trying, patiently, lovingly, tenderly, saying, come on, my children, come on, beloved, from information that you know in your head to transformation, from information to transformation, that is always the role of the Holy Spirit for you and for us. Are you all with me? I, I, was, I was maybe going to title this message, but if I did have a title, maybe I am titling it by saying this. It would be becoming what we believe. That's really what we're trying to do here. We want to become, become, becoming, 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 becoming what we believe. We don't want just to believe. We want to become. So for the next couple months, we're going to talk about words that you've all heard before. You've all heard the word worship. How can we make this a tangible practice? What is that going to look like? How might that push you? All right, even today, we have one more worship song after this. What is a practice that you can kind of continue in, to use James's language? Continue in. That might feel uncomfortable, but you're doing it because you want to surrender to the way of Jesus. And that might happen through practice, not right understanding. What if that looks like, I don't know, maybe a little more expressive, even though you're a little, you feel awkward and uncomfortable? I feel awkward and uncomfortable too sitting here. I'm not a very good singer. My body's kind of awkward. I don't know how to. But what if we try? What if we can put our ego aside and practice, for instance, worship or prayer? What is the way of thinking about prayer as a daily rhythmic practice that we do? Not this cute idea where God is this genie in a bottle and if we just do it enough, God loves us enough and then gives us what we want. That's not how prayer works. It's not how God works. Practice. Or compassion. Practice. Love. Practice. Humility. Practice. Truth-telling. Practice. Gratitude. Practice hospitality, practice, 
tenderness, practice, practice. So that's why practices are important. Because to not practice is actually just to hear, and to hear is actually just deceptive if it's detached from what we do and how we live. I want to make a few nuances here and a, and a few things that I'm going to ask that you have the nuance to hold because there's some both ands. 2024 might be the year we also hold some both ands about yourself and about the world and about everything. Both ands, not either ors. 2024 might be that year for us. Nuance. So what I'm saying when I'm saying that we're going to emphasize practices in this new series, I am not saying that they are no longer beautiful ideas and beautiful concepts. Okay, so to give you an example, if I say the word healing, it is a gorgeous idea, is it not? When I think healing, I see, I see laughter, I see a wound being mended, I see a table with a ton of different people around it, and I see humor, and I see people from every tribe and nation and tongue gathered together and I see no more tears, and I see people swimming in their own goodness. Right? That's all imaginative, and I see that when I think of the word healing. Gorgeous idea, yes or no? Yes. Gorgeous idea. And yet, and yet, if healing stays just an idea, a notion, or a theory of healing, it heals no one. Y'all see the difference? A theory of healing has never in the history healed anybody, has it? So it's a wonderful idea, a great concept, but we need to put it into practice, don't we? Or take something like liberation. A theory of liberation actually hasn't liberated anyone. It's inspired people to put it into practice, and that's sparked liberation for people. Or take bell hooks. If you just read what bell hooks has to say about love, that does not necessarily translate to you being a more loving person. You will actually have to take what they say and translate it and put it into how you daily practice. And then bell hooks becomes prophetic and illuminating. Huh. And this is what James, I think, is getting at here. Very simple, but very hard. <laughs> Dang it. Intellectually believing the good news is not the same as continuing in, I love that he uses that language, the same as continuing in the way of Jesus. And that is the goal, believers, to continue in the way of Jesus. It is not just to believe in Jesus. That is wonderful. That is a great starting point. And then we continue in the way of Jesus, bearing witness to the way of Jesus, becoming in the world who Jesus is. Right, what else do we think it means when, when Paul keeps saying, we're the body, the body of Christ, the body of Christ, the body of Christ? We become who God is in the world. We can't do any more and any less as the body. So, I'm not saying they're not beautiful concepts, so please, for the next couple months, do not think that by emphasizing practices, we are not saying these are also beautiful ideas. Can they be both? Beautiful ideas and things that we must move to, River City must move to in terms of practicing them. Can we hold both of those? Okay. That's nuance number one. Nuance number two. You may be thinking, you may be thinking, because I have not clarified it yet, you may be thinking it sounds a little bit like he's starting to get dangerously close to sort of this works righteousness thing. That if we practice hard enough, and that if we achieve these practices enough, if we do well enough, then we will be faithful. You might be thinking, is that where he's going? That, that feels very off from the doctrine of justification. Or... In normal people, it, that feels very often what it means to be a Christian, huh? It is not about our performance, right? So we affirm that too. Let's hold that, let's hold that tension. 
I am not saying that this is about works righteousness. It is not about achievement, but about attempting. Attempting to what? Using James' language again. Attempting to continue in. Attempting to continue in the perfect law that gives freedom. What is the perfect law that gives freedom? Remember, the law is the, the, the mode by which faithful Jews are covenantally faithful to their God, Yahweh. Yes, that is the law. That is the purpose of the law. And then Jesus comes. Jesus doesn't abolish the law, does he? Jesus, what? He fulfills the law. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. And so when the Pharisees try to punk Jesus, and they're like, all right, Rabbi, since you know everything and you're not a blasphemer, uh, what is the meaning of the law? And what's the most important law? This is Matthew 22. And he goes, Oh, well, they all kind of hinge on these two things. It's really basic. In fact, it's not even just the law that hinges on this, but all the prophets, too. And it's these two things. Love the Lord with everything you got and love your neighbor as yourself. That is the law, that, the perfect law that gives freedom. And that's what we're continuing in. That's what we're practicing. A love of God, a love of neighbor, that is everything for James and for Jesus, and for us, as we can practice it. So it's not about achievement. It is continuing in. It isn't about earning a badge of goodness. This is hard for, for a personality like mine, where I think my only worth comes from how good I do, how good I'm achieving, how good I'm performing. That's a lie. No. Your identity is unshakable. So by practicing, we're not earning or losing anything. We're just trying to join in. We're just trying to get with the program. I want to get with God's program in 2024. So this is about participation. Maybe you might want to write that down. Performance versus participation. Participation versus performance. We are participating in the way that gives life the way that leads to freedom, the way that leads to the peace that surpasses all understanding. We're not performing anything. We're not achieving anything. Man, I don't know what's up with my alliteration today. Another one. Write this one down. This is not about striving. This is about surrendering. Practice as surrender. Achievement, no. Performance, no. Striving, no. Are y'all with me on that? Is that making sense? Theologically, we also say that this is not something that begins with us, does it? This is something that God initiates. God, the pioneer, perfecter, the completer, the beginning and the end of our faith. So again, this is something I think of sometimes I jump into. This is what I'm trying to jump into. I want to be swimming in what God's doing. And so we're just trying to say, or maybe I won't put that on. I'm trying to say there are deliberate, deliberate, concrete, tangible, small, ordinary, not sexy things that the 50, 60, 70, I don't know how many, 80 of us can do for the next 52 weeks. That if we implemented them, I have no idea what would happen. But it would be big. It would be big. This is all another way of saying we're trying to integrate. We're not trying to juxtapose just wonderful, beautiful ideas with action. We're trying to integrate them. We're trying to integrate them. And finally, and then I'm going to sit down. Finally, notice that the other metaphor that James uses here is really a brilliant one. Notice the metaphor that James is using. It is about seeing, he, he, he likens it to what? To seeing in a mirror, so like a reflection, and he likens it to forgetfulness or remembrance. Forgetfulness or remembrance. People who do not put into practice what it says is like somebody who looks at their face in the mirror, who looks at the truth of who they are in the reflection, and then once they leave, they forget. So this actually becomes about remembering. Practicing for James and for us is about remembrance. 
That's a genius turn he makes. That's a genius metaphor. And so forgetfulness is likened to just hearing. That is to forget. To remember is both to hear and then to put into practice. Is that making sense? So I just want to encourage us. This is what we do. We're trying to remember. And the way that we remember is we actualize these things. That is to remember what we actually look like. This is who we are. All this week I've been trying to remember that. I've just been saying in the mirror, like, this is our look. This is our look. We, we do this. <laughs> we do this. We don't just hear this. We don't just say this. We don't just proclaim this. This is what we do. Because this is how we look. May we not forget that. Not performance, not achievement. And finally, this is also, you may be coming into this year saying, look, this sounds great. This sounds wonderful. But you don't know the year that I just had. And so all of this sounds like really tiring. And it sounds like you're just telling me to pull my bootstraps up and get to work and grind. That is not what I'm saying at all. And in fact, it is the opposite. If it is true that what we are being invited to is a way of life that would actually give us peace and sustain us. So we are not practicing in spite of our tiredness and weariness. No, we are putting into practice things because, precisely because we are weary and tired, because we have lost loved ones, because our world is crazy, because we are a mess, because I'm confused. That is why we practice. It is not in spite of those things. It's because of those things. It's because the condition of my heart is kind of messed up a lot of the time. Because of those things, me just reciting things, me just saying the doctrines that I believe, me just reciting a, a set of affirmations, that will not cut it. That will not lead to the life change that I actually need. It is precisely because our weariness, our tiredness, the ways in which we are burned out, the ways in which we suffer, the ways in which we still have a ton, a ton of wounds, that is why we practice and not just here, we do. We do these things. That we might participate in a way of life that can sustain you. Does that make sense? A way of life. That is what we're being offered here. Never, ever, ever, ever believe. Never let yourself think in 2024 that church or being a Christian is about an institution or about some static, stagnant place that you go to with people who say the same things as you and lift their hands the same way or talk with the same inflection. This is a movement. This is a way of life. This is something on the move. This affects everything. Jesus is offering us a way of living the totality of our life. That I know I'm saying it so much, but that changes everything. It really, really does. That could change everything. That could turn your whole life around. What is that? I think that's, what is that verse? Eyes have not seen. Bishop, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard what God is prepared to, you, to do for those who practice love, we might say. Ears have not heard, eyes have not seen River City in 2024, what God is prepared to do for those who can practice love. Hmm? May that tether us and ground us as we go into this new year. This is our look. This is what we do, not just what we say. I'm about that life. Huh? So, I just wanted to set it up.
that's the series. We're not going to get into a specific practice today, but in the weeks following, that's what we're going to do. We take James seriously. We take the Bible seriously. We take the Holy Spirit seriously. In the words of Allen Iverson, we're going to talk about practice. We have to. We have to. I think that's for us, us specifically, church. Because there's a lot of people, if we're being frank, if we're being honest, there's a lot of people in here, right, who know the right ways to think and are kind of cerebrally bent and like a good intellectual message. It's time to move. It's time to move. May we be people who are not hearers of the word, one translation says, but doers. Doers. And in so doing, and in so doing, would they be blessed. Would we be blessed, church? Okay? In the name of the Trinity, the triune God, our loving parent, Jesus the Son, who comes to be with us, the Holy Spirit, our great advocate. Amen. And amen. I'm going to pray for us, and I'm going to ask Aaron and the worship team if they would come up. And then it is the first of the month, and so we're going to be um, practicing, practicing, practicing a sacrament, two sacraments, confession and the Eucharist today. It is the first of the month. Will you join me in prayer? God, at the beginning of a, a, a new year, a new season, we, 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 we refocus and we rededicate our energies and our mind and our soul and our heart on you. And we reset the compass of our heart today. And we set it back to you, to love, to goodness, to compassion, to gentleness, to mercy, to forgiveness. And we say, maybe collectively, but I know I say just for myself, that I am weary and I'm tired and I've been through a lot and I'm not really sure what to do about it. And it's precisely because of that reality that I want a different way of living. And that a set of beliefs or a set of announcements or a set of pronouncements are not strong enough to sustain me, are not strong enough, are not sturdy enough to sustain what it is that I experience and what I go through. And God, I know that that is not just true for me, that is true for everyone here. That God, what we are so desperately in need of is something as big as our whole life. And in fact, bigger. And God, I confess that is what you are offering to us. That is what you have prepared for us on this day. A whole new way of being. That we might become who you are in the world. That we might move from people who just hear and listen and nod our head in agreement, but then move to an attempt, who move to action, who move to practice, and who do all those things as a way of surrendering. We give it all to you. We give it all to our neighbor. We give it all to this neighborhood. We give it all to the world because that's what you do. So strengthen us to do that. May we not tread lightly with James. It is deceptive to merely hear and not do. That is a deception. So God, by your spirit, would you allow us to come back into the light of truth that we would not be tricking ourselves into thinking that because we believe the right things, that we are participating in the way of you. That is not true. So give us hands that work. Give us feet that move. Give us mouths that will speak up. Give us eyes that can give a tender glance. Give us a heart that is open. In Jesus' name, amen.
as we get ready for confession and then communion, uh, the Pope Francis, the Pope, it's not really our tradition, but our, our older siblings, the Catholic tradition, the Roman Catholic Church, he says something that I love. I think I said it up here before, but he says that the table, all who come to the table, it is not a reward, because that's about achievement, isn't it? And that's about performance. It is not a reward for the saints. It's food for the hungry. I've never met a single soul who wasn't deeply hungry. Have you? I haven't. So as you come forward, know this is food for the hungry. You who are hungry. You who thirst. You who are weary and heavy laden, come without fear. The body, the bread, the blood is prepared, offered to you freely. So come and receive. And after you receive, you can take a seat and then we will go through confession and we'll partake together. Come. Can we rise? And remember that confession is not just about telling the bad things that we've done. Confession really is, we tell the truth. <laughs> we tell the truth. Let's tell the truth together in one voice. That's a practice. Truth-telling. Let's read together. Slowly, slowly, slowly. God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbor as ourselves. We confess that we are often just hearers of good news, not doers. We confess that we are quickly deceived into thinking that by having the right words or right idea, we have been faithful to you and our neighbors. But God, we confess that you have invited us to something much deeper. You ask us not only to hear and to tell the truth, but to embody the truth. You empower us to practice with all that we have and all that we are, the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Oh, sorry. No, you can't. Just kidding. So loving God, fashion us into new beings this year. Make us aware of our need for your spirit that we might practice the way everlasting. Amen. Mm. Amen. Ah, you may be seated now. And receive uh, this assurance of pardon, which simply means, it is well you are forgiven. It's from Psalm 103. Psalm 103, verses 8 through 12. The Lord is merciful and gracious. That's good news, people. Slow to anger, the psalmist says and abundant in chesed, loving kindness. He will not always accuse, neither will he stay angry forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor repaid us for our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his loving kindness towards those who fear him. And here it is. As far as the east, is from the West, Bishop. So far, so far, that far, has he removed our transgressions from us. Amen. Amen. Friends, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, the night on which he gave himself for us, he took the bread. And he gave thanks that's a practice. He gave thanks and he broke the bread. 
And he gave it to his followers and said, take, take and eat this. This is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And remember what James was suggesting about remembrance. To remember is to practice and to do what we know. Do this in practice of me. So church, take and eat. And when supper was over, he took the cup of Welch's grape juice. And he gave thanks again. And he gave it to his followers. And he said, drink from this. All of you, this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this. And as often as you do this, as a practice, do it in remembrance. Do this in remembrance of me. Church, take and drink. Holy forever. Holy forever. Amen. Holy forever. Your name is the highest. Your name is the greatest. Your name stands above them all. Church, will you, if you are able, will you come to your feet? And let's go into this new year together. Proclaiming these truths for yourself and for those people next to you. just hear these words and we don't want to just sing these words what we're proclaiming that must become a reality for you that you live that Jesus' name stands before them all as a practice in your life for us with us So I'm actually going to ask that we do something I don't know if we've ever done here before. Who knows if it'll work? Guess we'll find out. Will you kind of join hands with the people across your row? And I mean all the way across. So you're going to have to move. You're going to have to move your body.
This. I don't want to interrupt this. I do want to sing a blessing over you. And I want to try this. I've, I've never done this here, but um, I'm going to sing it to you. So would you just receive it the first time around? And then would you look around as you bless it and, and sing it with me a second time? As you offer a good word, a benediction to each other, as you start this new year, going into the new year like this, it's the truth of who we are. It is. So can you just give me one note, Tay? Just one note so I know what key I'm in. I'm in F. Can I just get one? That's a little low. Can I go a little high? Okay, here we go. Receive this the first time, and then can we sing it to each other a second time? I forgot the note. I'm going to just go. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord shine his face upon you and give you peace. And give you peace forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord shine his face upon you. And give you peace. And give you peace. Amen. Go in peace.